What is up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than the power of conversation? My name is Mark Francis, one of your hosts today, and with us again is the lovely Alicia Battaglia. Hi. How are you? I'm very well. Excellent. Hey, so the redbud trees are gorgeous. Oh, aren't they? Have you noticed They're them? Popping. They are yep. so pretty. And I drove through town yesterday, the Meadow Branch neighborhood. Oh, wow. Absolutely stunning. Just color everywhere. You have so. a thing with flowers and weather uh, and it's trees, it's, it's great, blooms, right? it's lovely. Everything's mm -hmm. just blooming. I mean, which I, makes I, the I, uh, people who have allergies yes, they're, they're they suffer. They're hurting right now. <laughs> no, I'm 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 similar. I, I have always, I've always said I I love nature mm -hmm. in spite of what it did to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're hearing once again our senior pastor Mark Carey. Yes, with us again. You took last week off. You didn't, you didn't want to debrief Easter. Was That's there, right. Yeah. You had other things going on, I know. Um, yeah, you're you a busy had, person. You had, you had a, I think, a funeral that you were That's right. Thank doing. you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had sneezed since then. Yes. It was, it was long. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Did that down in Culpeper at the National Cemetery. So. Oh. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you back. Caleb is off today, so we can trash talk him of however much we want, yeah. which is fun. Um, but you know what? It's neat to be together once again to talk and dig into the sermon. We are still in Romans. This is Romans chapter 12 now, which was one of my more favorite passages. And mm -hmm. you know, I love looking at not just the sermon, but looking at the entire worship experience that we have. And so, Alicia, I know that you actually were able to attend outdoor service yes. this past week. Yes, I was so excited. Uh, the FSAT service moved outside this past weekend. It was beautiful, and it was... I, I love that environment. I I think it's great because it's a little extra casual. You've got your folding chairs and everybody's gathered. And um, even hearing the wind and the microphones, <laughs> it just... Yeah. And it, it was a big crowd. It was a good crowd. I was really, really happy about that. So yeah, it was really neat to to be a part of the that Saturday and, service. And maybe we do need to emphasize it is at five o'clock. Yeah. Yes. Five o'clock. Uh, for at least for a number of weeks until we... Continues at five o'clock just for weather purposes, for right. temperature purposes. Right. Which I Let's thought was like, I figured there would be fewer people because five o'clock is still pretty early for a Saturday. People are still, you know, in their groove. Um, but it was really nice to yep. see so many people come out. Yep. So for those of you guys that want to enjoy outdoors and mm -hmm. join the Bataglias, mm -hmm. sit next to them and enjoy Saturday night mm -hmm. service, five o'clock. That continues. And we'll give push notifications if there is bad weather. But if there is bad weather, it'll continue to be at five o'clock indoors. So be on the lookout for that each and every week for the rest of the summer. So Alicia, I'll turn to you. Give us kind of your big takeaway. And uh, again, about the, the worship experience that you were able to participate in, but more importantly, the sermon as well. Yeah. So I've been thinking about um, rhythms and just the rhythms of life and um, how this passage touches on our, our daily rhythms of life. And mm -hmm. I just think about for, for me personally, just with who I am and what I do and work and leisure and rest. And um, there's a certain schedule or routine that happens with my day. And, um, that shapes 
much of who I am and what I do. And then it made me think about um, just us as human beings. There's that term of us being human beings and not doers, but there is an aspect of our human beingness where we are human doers. And I was thinking about how that touches on what we've learned in Romans so far and how chapters 1 through 11 are those those doctrines that are, um, it's that divine initiative that God has, um, who, who he's made us in Christ. And that's our, that's our being, our that's identity. our, that's yeah. our identity in Christ. But starting from chapter 12 on, we are going to be more in the, the doing aspect of thing, things. It's that gospel and action Um, which is our human response. It's our response to what God has done in our lives. And And that that was one of your your points, Mark, of almost like, what are we going to do about it? Like, (laughs) so how do we act? How do we live? Mm -hmm. How do we live out this Christian life? And what's... There's a rhythm to that. That's like how... I love that that word. And there's... It reminds me, there's a book that I've read um, over the years uh, kind of regarding worship, but Rhythms of Grace is the title mm. of the book by Mike Cosper, I believe. And he and he likens our life and how we work within the context of a corporate gathering, mm. of that we, we gather together to remind ourselves of the gospel and rehearse the gospel and, and do that together corporately, and then we scatter. And we scatter mm-hmm. to live our lives during the course of the week, mm-hmm. and then we gather again to be reminded, and we scatter. And there's this constant rhythm back and forth mm-hmm. of how the body of Christ um, works together collaboratively to, to, to corporately worship, mm-hmm. and then to individually, personally be that life of a sacrifice of worship during the course of the week. It's, it's a great book, and it's mm-hmm. easy read, but that rhythm concept yeah. reminds me of just this life of worship, and worship is not just coming to church on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night. But it's this idea of presenting our bodies, presenting our lives as a living sacrifice, which is what this text talks to. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I look at this passage where Paul, he, he he's very, um, oh, I don't know, very personal. I, I, th- I think of him as a, think of him sitting down with you across the table at Panera or with a cup of coffee somewhere. And he's discipling you. Mm-hmm. You're being discipled by the great apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. And he's spending time with you. And he he wants to invest in you. And what is he going to say? Well, you've just spent maybe a whole bunch of weeks talking about great doctrines and truths of justification and sanctification. Mm-hmm. And, and now he's at that point where he, he's looking you in the eye across the table and he says, you know, therefore, Mark, or Alicia, or Mark, you know, based on everything we've studied now so mm-hmm. far about who we are and identity in Christ and all these things, I just really want to urge you mm-hmm. as a, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as a follower of Christ, I, I just, I just, I'm going to plead with you to um, just be careful how mm-hmm. you're, you're living your life and, and mm-hmm. present your bodies as a living, holy, acceptable, you know, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, don't forget the mercies of God, but based on that, I just you know. So, so he's 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 discipling us, and he's saying, so this is the uh, this is the, the 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 motivation for Christian living, the mercies, and and I and and Mark, here's the essence of Christian living, mm-hmm. and here's the Apostle Paul telling us it's 
It's the total resignation of ourselves, the total abandonment, the radical abandonment hmm. of ourselves to him out of a heart of reverent devotion for mm -hmm. him. Hmm. Take it seriously. Put it all before the Lord. Give your life to him in hmm. totality. And then he tells us the means. And he said, you're only going to be able to do that if you straighten up your thinking, yeah. the renewing of the mind. He said, go back to the teachings, the doctrines. Uh, um, what, what is true? What have I been teaching you and how I've been disciple? Okay, don't forget those things. Understand those things. But the thing that's going to keep you from understanding those things is all the junk you're listening mm -hmm. to yeah. and the conformity to the world. Yeah. So guard against that. And But Mark, when you do that, and here's the Apostle Paul discipling me, and he's saying, you're going to come away proving what the will of God is. Mm -hmm. your, your thinking is going to be in line with God's thinking. And when your thinking is in line with God's thinking, life is what it was designed to be. You'll experience the fullness of life mm. and joy. And uh, and then he, yeah, so I, it's a you, discipleship. And you yeah. said that. You said God doesn't just want us to know truth. He wants us to experience truth. He doesn't want us to blend into the society. He wants us to be children of the light. And I just, I love that picture because it's this, it is, it is relationship. It's con a connection with God and knowing him and growing in that knowledge of him, but then not just it being knowledge, but a delight, like he's capturing our affections. And because our affections are being captured by him, our actions result out of love to him. Um, Second Corinthians uh, chapter five. Well, actually, there's a couple of things that jumped out at me on that. But um, verse 14 says, for the love of God controls hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And then and he died for all that those who that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who, who for their sake died and was raised. And for our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him, in him we might become the righteousness of God. But then starting in chapter 6, he says, Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. And that, like, that kind of jumped out at me to think, okay, wait a minute. I don't want to take this for granted. I don't want to take these gifts of grace that he's given me and miss the point. It's it's for this love that that Christ controls us, that our lives are to be a living sacrifice for him. Um, and I love that word. Your version might be a little different than mine, but that word, we urge you, is there again. Is mm -hmm. that, that just Mark painting that picture of sitting down with Apostle Paul and Panera Bread and be like, I'm just urging you. It's not a command. It's not a, a forceful thing, but it's just a, out of a heart of love. I'm urging you yeah. to live this way. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever happened to you where someone has discipled you, uh, you know, somebody who's who is older and wiser and and um, and more uh, life on, uh, around the tracks than than you who is not commanding you, is not you know, uh, beating you up with things mm. but 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 just the the intensity in their eyes the sincerity mm. in their in their tone of voice and they're just saying there's there's more to life mm -hmm. yeah. than what the world is offering you yeah. i urge you yeah, you know don't that, yeah. don't miss this don't miss it yeah. Yeah. don't miss it and yeah. i think that's again what paul is doing it's, it's a great model i think for us 
as we work with people mm -hmm. as yeah. well, there mm -hmm. is that that sense of urgency. Yeah. I think I, I'm going to get a little funny here, but you had a lot of good one-liners in your sermon, Mark. I mean, <laughs> really? I, from what I've heard over the years, service? <laughs> there is there is just some good ones. I mean, you use the word stinking thinking. Again. Oh yeah, you, you use the the phrase of you know what a what the Bible says a Christian is capable of doing, or mm. cap what we're not supposed to do is what a Christian is supposed to be ca is capable of doing. Right. I think, you know, throughout the sermon, I think there's at least six or seven of them. I should have written them down, but that could be a new segment. What are the, the <laughs> good one-liners for us to remember? <laughs> yeah. You know, but so renewing our minds and, and having our minds focus on Christ and who he is and growing in our knowledge of God is still, I think, the key point. And in our community group last night, we were we were able to talk about, you know, what does that really look like? How do we renew our minds? Yeah. And instantly the group just started rattling off like three or four different passages, one at a time of just that were really similar to that, you know, Colossians mm -hmm. three, set your mind on things above and on things of mm -hmm. the earth. Um, Corinthians, second Corinthians 10, first Corinthians 10, I think of just, you know, uh, yeah. holding every thought captive. Um, it, it, it was really cool to see just the, 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 uh -huh. the group pulled together and go straight to scripture yeah. uh -huh. of that call for us to just have our minds set on Christ. And it does take a certain amount of brutality of honest thinking mm -hmm. to do that because mm -hmm. it, we are susceptible and we are, you know, how many times does the Bible tell you, be not deceived, my beloved, you know, brethren and sister, mm -hmm. uh, because we are. So for instance, I jotted down a couple of things here. Like the world's way of thinking is um, success and contentment in life is defined by our income level. Mm -hmm. But what does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. uh, First Timothy 6, 2, godliness with contentment is great mm -hmm. gain. Mm -hmm. Or the world will say, real living is defined by what I possess. In Luke 12, 15, Jesus said, not even one has an abundance. Does life consist of one's possessions? Mm -hmm. Or the world will say, we deserve the best in life. You know, we, we deserve that. Hebrews 13, 5 says, we'll be free from the love of money being content with such things as you have. Or the world will say, if you have it, spend it. You deserve it. James 1.27 says, this is pure and undefiled religion, yeah. taking care of widows and orphans in distress. Right. So you, Yeah, it's so this upside-down kingdom of Jesus living. It doesn't... And then the question yeah. is, how do we honestly look at our own life and do some of that spiritual inventory mm -hmm. so that these don't just become pious highest platitudes, mm -hmm. but we're actually seriously yeah. looking at how can I implement this into my life mm -hmm. right. and help others mm -hmm. to do it too. Well, you mentioned, you know, the idea of discipleship and, and how important, how valuable that can be of having somebody older and wiser than you be with you to mentor you and urge you along that path. Yeah. And then, you, you know, for us listeners, are you doing that to somebody else? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. It doesn't take a theologian to disciple, to, to just right. have authentic relationships, That's right. fellowship with one another. And families doing that with your kids, mm -hmm. you know, dads and moms with their kids. That's where kids. it starts. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's where it starts. It's, it's, it's guarding against the fact that, well, being aware, number one, our children are being bombarded with a worldly philosophy, whether we think they are or not, well, we're homeschooling our kids, or they're in this, or they're in that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're breathing the air of this mm -hmm. world, mm -hmm. and you you can't go to sleep yeah. on the discipling of yeah. your of your kids. And that's Alicia, the first you, line you have kids. Family. I have kids. I mean, what are some there's, of the things that you guys are doing? Well, absolutely. There's a there's a spiritual reality to daily living. It's th this passage right here. It it's addressing everything that we do. It's that spiritual act of worship, which is, which is our minds, 
and our bodies Mm -hmm. and it's our our thoughts and our actions and so it's everywhere we go everything we do who everyone we're with every thought that we have it is something that we take captive and um so i think that that's where working into the rhythms of life um just pour i loved uh oh you I wrote this down, the D.L. Moody. The only way to keep a broken vessel full is by keeping the faucet turned on. And how do we do that? Well, the tool of renewal is the word of God. And then the enabler is the Holy Spirit. And just recognizing that without the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. There's no offering that we can bring to God that is acceptable in and of our own strength and effort. Um, However, there is strength and effort that is given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit to um, to do these acts, um, to to play out the gospel in real life. Um, and so, th- and that does happen in the home. Yes. Yeah. That's another interesting question that uh, I don't know if anyone wouldn't thought of or was wrestling with in this sermon, but this passage, chapter 12, is follows what Paul talked about in Romans 6, 7, and 8, where he does talk mm-hmm. about um, our life in line with the Holy Spirit, um, that we are to um, you know, operate our life out of the power and strength that he provides. Um, we've been raised up to newness of life in Christ, mm-hmm. so allow that power to be lived out in our life, and um, that is our hope. Well, if we do that, there is a sense in which naturally the fruit of the Spirit is going to be born. Mm-hmm. You know, walk by the Spirit, Paul says in Galatians 5.16, and you will not carry out the desires of your flesh. Um, you walk by the Spirit, and the spiritual fruit is going to, auto- like fruit, it's going to automatically pop out on those limbs. Yeah. So one may say, well, why even waste time taking these last chapters of Romans if it's naturally going to happen if you walk by the Spirit? <laughs> Why does Paul have to come and urge us uh, to um, present your bodies and and not be conformed to the world, but be transformed? If a person is rightly in line with the Spirit of God, won't that naturally happen? Um, It's a good question. I think the answer is um, yes and no. Mm -hmm. It's also Romans 7 of we do the things that we don't want to do. That's that's right. What's wrong with me? That's right. And 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 2 Corinthians right here. So we do not lose heart, though our outer nature is wasting away, because we, there is that struggle. We are still encased in these bodies mm-hmm. of sin, but our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Yeah. And that inner renewal, though, has to come. It starts in the mind. and that, again, So th- there's these common themes, Second Corinthians and, and the First Corinthians and Romans and, and, and all through the Scripture, of orienting our thinking around the truth of God's Word. Mm -hmm. There is a cooperative work between me and the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. I just don't sit around and say, Holy Spirit, you know, I'm going to be doing my thing, but whenever you want to move me to do what you want me to do, I'm available to you. That's not how it works. There is an active presenting of ourselves, of our bodies, as a living sacrifice. There's an active non-conforming to the world's way Mm -hmm. of thinking, there is an active, even though it's a passive, it's a, the, the, but be transformed by the, that's a, in the Greek language, that's actually an, it's an imperative, it's a command, but in passive voice. Allow yourself, it's present tense, 
continually allow yourself, put yourself in a position to be transformed. Mm -hmm. So there is this, what Francis Schaeffer years ago uh, in a book, uh, I think it's called Basic Christianity, called um, Active Passivity. Hmm. He, he, that's the term mm-hmm. he came up with mm-hmm. because you look at these things and there is this Jerry like Bridges called it yeah <laughs> Jerry Bridges in his book The Disciplines of Grace calls it the the two wings of the airplane mm-hmm. there is the the discipline yeah. okay mm-hmm. i need to not be conformed to the world's way of thinking if if i'm something coming on the tv or something whatever or and it's going to be inappropriate and and deleterious to my spiritual walk, shut it off. Mm-hmm. There's that active, but the passivity, that's the discipline. The, the passivity is dependent, mm-hmm. dependent mm-hmm. discipline. It's, but Lord, I can't. So I'm going to take this step of faith, but I depend on you to take over, take yeah. charge, to make me want to do this, to help me, give yeah. me the power, give me the, and then I step out in faith and do the next right thing. And our obedience is based on what Jesus has already done. He, he's done the work on our behalf. It's not like we're trying to make ourselves... Uh, More crucified. Cru- yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it, no, he, his work is finished. What, he, what he's done for us is finished. And so now we have this newness of life so we can walk in it. And yeah. that's where we get to experience real life. Yes. And it's kind of implied in this Romans 12, 1 and 2 passage, but it is a spiritual warfare of not being conformed to the world, you know, of the, the, the evil one out there. The whole world is the grip of the evil with one. Us, right. Yeah. And I'm, we're looking at this passage earlier, maybe, but Second Corinthians 10, for though we walk in the spirit, or though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of forces. We're destroying speculations in every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So there is this, there's this warring of our minds yeah. mm-hmm. that the Satan is there, and we have these daily moment-by-moment yeah. yep. moment decisions of walking in the spirit of the flesh. We don't want to get caught up in that. No. We don't want to be, am I walking the spirit right now or walking the flesh? But... Being having our mind set on the things above. Yeah, I quoted from First mm-hmm. Corinthians nine twenty seven, where Paul says, "I beat my body, I buffet mm-hmm. my yeah, body, I beat right. him in subjection, lest I, having taught others, might find myself disqualified." Mm-hmm. And I think he means at the judgment seat of Christ. So, yeah, so it, it is. The, the Christian life is is it's a serious thing, and yet, like you're saying, Alicia too is. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Mm-hmm. We don't have to reinvent the cross. Mm-hmm. We don't have to reinvent um, uh, the the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We, He has given us everything we need to experience the fullness of His grace and of His mercy, and living it out in a compelling way in this world. Yeah. But it's our responsibility to Just, still yeah. present our bodies well, and do it on a daily basis. You said. Um, for the means of our Christian living is the renewal of our minds. And um, you made the point that we're all susceptible to thinking like the world. And I, I think about where, you know, we have this big vaccine, uh, the COVID vaccine thing. We're all getting inoculated to the COVID vaccine. But we we are very vulnerable to also getting inoculated by the world's thinking. Like we we just, because we do live in the world, and it's around us all the time, we are susceptible to begin to think like the world 
act like the world. And that's where we need one another and we need God's word instructing our hearts and mind um, so that we're not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, interesting. You know, the same thing can happen um, the, on the opposite end. I, I was reading, there's an old book. I think the guy's name is Chad Wilson. I'm going to dig this up and find this um, and, and share it maybe in a couple of weeks. But he said something about that, how Christians live in a sentimental haze of, of sh uh, something. I'm, I'm quoting here from memory, but it's something like a sentimental haze of shallow piety we, where we dabble at Christianity, not enough so that we get real convicted, you know, but, but enough so it warms us. And, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and then he said, what basically he said, we're getting inoculated with a mild dose of Christianity so that we're protected from the real disease. Mm -hmm. That is what Paul, what Paul just described in Romans 12, mm -hmm. 1 and 2 is the real disease. Mm -hmm. This is a Christian who is I mean, uh, we, we, we um, my wife and I, Lisa, uh, watched uh, a week ago. Um, I, I sent her on to the to the staff this um, this kind of docu movie that came out. It's about a guy in Kenya named uh, Charles Mully, and if you get it, look at that. I mean, it's called Mully. You Google it. Um, uh, fascinating story. Fascinating story. Uh, and the quick version is he was uh, a street kid, orphaned in, on the streets of Kenya. His parents deserted him, and he was raised on the streets. And through a series of amazing circumstances, ended up being a millionaire. Hmm. And he and his family had eight kids. They were living high on the hog in Kenya and uh, just doing wonderfully. And then God slammed him. And it's like, what are you doing? Don't you look around? And, and he began to see with new eyes. Hmm thousands of kids in the street like he was when he was nine, mm. 10, 11. for 10 years, mm. he lived on the street. And mm. now he was living with not a thought of that. And over a course of the following 20 years, he totally changed his life to the initial consternation of his family. But uh, he divested himself of his wealth. They've, mm. he, they've, they have taken care of something like well over 12,000 orphans. And he, he presented himself before God mm. And God took took him up on the offer, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, that is radical abandonment mm -hmm. yeah. because of a reverent devotion for God. I, I'm not there. Right. Um, and I sometimes wonder if mm -hmm. I ever will be. I mean, what, what does it look like for me? You know, what does Each it look like for you? Each one of us have our That's own right. personal mm -hmm. call. What does God, God, God want yeah. for yeah. us and our life and, and what he's blessed us with? What does radical abandonment to God look yeah. like? It starts with reverent devotion. Mm -hmm. I'm a living sacrifice, yeah. Lord. Here I am. But what will it look like for me? And when we get, when a church gets, or when an individual, watch out world, when Christians get to that level mm -hmm. of deep commitment, I don't know, there, there's rare, the 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 George Mueller's yeah. of the mm -hmm. 19th century and this Charles Mully of the, the 21st century. But is that not what God is calling us to? Now, I'm not saying we go out here and sell all our positions and give to the poor, although, hmm, it, it seems like Jesus did say that to a rich young ruler once. <laughs> Come follow me and you'll have, uh, you know, riches in heaven. So at least we are asked by Paul, as we're being discipled by him through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the scriptures, to consider 
what does it mean for me mm-hmm. to present myself yeah. to him? And where do we go? I mean, I'm very simple. Like, what's a very practical thing? I mean, and it's just what can daily. I do today? Yeah, yeah, daily. Yeah. And it's having having scripture in my mind, having you know my thoughts on God, praying without ceasing. Right. You know, this and is the will of God. Asking and, the Holy Spirit yeah. to check your heart <clears throat> yes. too, like. Like, Holy Spirit, if this is not bringing you glory, please convict me and give me grace That's to repent right. and to respond in a way that does glorify you. Yeah. And that that can happen with those big things, but all day long in the small things like, should I eat this? Should I drink this? Should I click on this? Should I watch that? Should I listen to this? Should I right. gossip with this? Yeah. And, the, muscle, and just, the muscle memory will react more in line mm-hmm. with the Spirit of God yeah. because you're it's in line with what He's doing. ongoing conversation mm-hmm. with the Lord. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this too, I think, but another one of those, what we can do right now is just be honest with the Lord and say, are there any lies I'm believing? Is there a mm-hmm. way I've been conformed to the mm-hmm. world's way of thinking? Mm-hmm. And expose that to me. If we're open and honest and say, here it is, here's my mind, I don't know. So Lord, whether it's something I read in your word, some thought that you put in me, or maybe a conversation with a Christian friend, but if there's a lie I'm believing that's holding me back Mm -hmm. from really experiencing all that you have for me, Mm -hmm. then expose that to me. And it's most likely going to be (laughs) counter-cultural, like just the flow of the current, uh, the uh, the culture right now is... um, it is moving further and further yep. away from from so, godly living, and for so, us Christians, we need to be have our eyes open. And to use your opening analogy, to be in the rhythm of that that God is setting, mm-hmm. not what the world is right. setting, so that yeah. we're doing this God dance where mm-hmm. He is leading us, and we are responding, mm-hmm. and we're in the rhythm mm-hmm. of active of passivity. Active There's passivity. Another one. Yeah. There you go. Right. There and, you go. And the the musician worship leader in me is like, okay, songs. They they help keep my mind mm-hmm. on God and oh, who yeah. He is. And and the songs that we sing each and every mm-hmm. week are pointing us to Him. Yeah. And, and I love that some of the songs this past week were from our own church. Yeah. That just yep. speak mm-hmm. to this concept of you know singing and presenting our lives as a holy offering to God. Uh, the line that Who Mike Lucan's, uh, <laughs> I had that one in this like 13, 14 years ago, maybe, that Holy Offering was written. Yeah. And that, honestly, that was a God thing. Just instinctively just came right then and there. Some songs are just very challenging to, to mm-hmm. get right. But that one was just driving down the home one day from work. Song hit my head, came home, found the guitar. Chords already there. Music was already in my head. Boom, knocked it out. It, it, totally a God thing. I, I and, love that. There's so much like power through the gift of music. And I think about one other person in our small group and he writes music and he just, he takes scripture and he puts it to music. And that man, when he talks, he just spills out scripture and I love it. And, and I remember when my kids were young, when they were younger and, um, I would put on CDs that were scripture memory and those songs are stuck in my head. And I just think that that is one really effective way to help us hide God's word in our heart. Bugs and slugs, is it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Have you heard that guy? Yes. Or slugs and bugs or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. More practical application mm -hmm. right there. I mean, and it's a way of keeping our minds renewed. That's that's my point. Keeping the faucet turned on Mm -hmm. for the leaky, cracked pots that we are. Yeah, the broken vessels that we are. Well, where do we go from here? Mark, do you want to give us a quick? Just brief run well, John, of the John, next few weeks. Yeah, John Morrison, I, I asked John to unpack this idea of conformity to the world because 
I, I do think there's a lot of blindness going on uh, in the world today, and, and we Christians are not, uh, are not uh, immune to it. Um, and so there are some, some subtle and maybe not so subtle philosophies of the world that I think have encroached upon the church. Um, and uh, so John is going to unpack some of those over the next week. I'm anxious to hear what I, it's I'm all excited. about. Yeah. Again, this is one of my more favorite passages in Scripture. Yeah. And so to be able to sit in here for a good three, four weeks mm-hmm. and unpack it every mm-hmm. little phrase, because there's so much rich and yeah. depth mm-hmm. in there, and we're going to be able to do, yeah. do that. So, so next yeah. two weeks, John, John will be there. That's exciting. Well, there's lots of things happening in our body as well. I'll just suggest everybody go to the website, fbcva.life. Just off the top of my head, there's a congregational meeting this coming Sunday. Uh, the seniors of fellowship are regathering at the end of the month. There is a child dedication cer- ceremony that's going to happen in May. So if you have kids that haven't been dedicated, there's a class for that coming up. And then we're doing a, uh, a fellowship together event the first weekend on a Sunday night, May 2nd, where the kids own worship team is going to be presenting a musical. And so you can come out for that on a Sunday night, have some food, games, activities, see the musical from like yeah. five o'clock. The musical starts fun. at 615. It'll be outdoors and Boy, something fun to do. And you've just mentioned church life from seniors to kids and everything it's in between. Everything in between. It's There's, all there. Uh, yeah. Fun so stuff. I don't need to get into all the details. Website is there for you. Um, dot life and find everything. Thank you guys for watching and listening. And again, participating. We love engaging with you guys. So hit the show notes there. You can go to fbcv.life slash podcast where you can find all of the ways to listen and watch us. So until we meet again, the fact of the matter, guys, is that sermons are not meant to take just an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. Thank you.